We are 24 days away from the NFL draft, so lots of uh, speculation on what's going to go on. But there's questions tied to the draft that pertain to uh, veteran players as well. Here to talk some NFL with us, the Hall of Famer Kurt Warner joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Kurt, good morning. How are you? I'm good. Good morning, guys. Hello, Kurt. Uh, there's As every draft at this point, we, we're talking about quarterbacks at the top of the draft. This year's no exception, but... The question that's out there, uh, and it pertains to the Indianapolis Colts and how they handle things, Kurt, and the debate internally there seems to be, do you draft a quarterback with a top five pick or do you go after Lamar Jackson? What are your thoughts on the whole Lamar Jackson thing and how that could involve the, the Indianapolis Colts? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I think we all understand the layers to the Lamar Jackson thing. I think the bottom line comes down to, you know, what you're willing to give up um, for a guy like Lamar, um, you know, assuming that it would take two number one picks uh, and then obviously uh, a huge deal on top of that, uh, whether that's a fully guaranteed deal or, or, or just a big deal overall. Um, and, and I think that's always the sticking point. But, you know, if, if Indy has to, to go up, move up and uh, get a young guy, then you're sitting there going, okay, what's that going to cost you? Is that going to cost you a couple number one picks? And heck, I, I definitely rather have Lamar Jackson than any of the unknowns, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And, and even if you you know you base it off what you know in college of these college quarterbacks, I'd still take Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, so a lot of it comes down to what's the cost there, and then you know. Are you willing to to do what you think Lamar needs you to do to sign that contract? Because it sure seems like there's most teams out there aren't willing to give that huge, um, you know, guaranteed contact in the na- contract in the neighborhood of you know two hundred plus million dollars like Deshaun Watson got. Um, and so I, I think those are all the elements in play here. But would you rather have a known commodity that's been an M- MVP in the National Football League over any rookie quarterback? Of course. You would. It's just, um, you know, just I think there's still just a lot of unknowns. Um, but I am, you know, really surprised that there hasn't been more teams that have just explored and talked to them more based on what we've heard. Just to go, all right, just talk to us. Tell us what you're looking for. Tell us exactly what that number is, um, instead of just kind of staying away based on all the speculation. Yeah. Without a doubt. <clears throat> all right, I'm curious to see what your evaluate valuation is of the top three quarterback prospects because um, for the card. Cardinals to leverage out that number three pick. Somebody's going to have to really want Anthony Richardson. I believe that he'd be the third. There are also people, I think, who, who have looked at Kyler Murray's struggles as a shorter quarterback and, and wondered what it might portend for Bryce Young. Handicap the top three, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, you know, Bryce Young, to me, um, just you know, is the best football player uh, of these quarterbacks, in my opinion, with everything that he can do. And, uh, and, and I get the height thing. You know, I've got a, a son that's about six foot playing in college. Um, you know, so I saw that all through high school, too, is, you know, if these guys are, are six three, six four, um, you know, it's a slam dunk and everybody wants them. But I, I've always come to the, you know, the belief that uh, if you can see it and you know how to play, you can play at any level. And, you know, here's Bryce Young that's playing with mammoth guys in front of him at Alabama, and he's playing the position 
really, really well. Um, you know, and by that I mean he's, he's playing it in the pocket. You know, he's playing it. You know, from the standpoint that it sure looks like he can see what he's doing. He's not just running out of the pocket. He's not taking extra deep drops to try to get better vision. He's playing within the pocket. He's manipulating the pocket, making good decisions. He's got a great feel for the game. Um, I love kind of his twitchiness that he can you know turn and set quick and, and drive the ball down the field. I just I like the way that he plays the position as a whole, and so. Is there something to height? I have no idea. Yeah, you know, I tell people all the time. I never played in the NFL at under six two, or you know, or under what I am. And so I can't tell you yeah. when you get to six foot, that's an issue, or when you get to five ten, that's an issue. A lot of it depends on how you play the position. Do you play high? Do you play low? Um, you know, there were numerous times when I couldn't see my receivers, uh, and you throw through windows a lot. And so he's played at such a high level, you know, at in the best conference in in college football with the biggest guys in front of him that go to play in the NFL that I just believe that if you can play at that level and you can see it, you'll be able to do it at the the next level. Uh, So I have him number one. CJ, I I really like CJ too. He's just, he plays with such a poise um, in the pocket. He never seems to panic. He has a good plan in terms of processing information. Um, and that to me is always the most important thing. And, and Bryce seems to have that too, is they process information really, really well. And that's the next piece to the puzzle is you've got to be able to process uh, and get the ball out and know what you're doing uh, before the snap comes. And both those guys seem to do that really, really well. I love the pace by which CJ throws the football is, you know, I always felt like when I played, I never threw the ball as hard as I, I needed to, or, you know, or, or never threw it hard, as hard as I could, only threw it as hard as I needed to. And I believe C.J. does that same thing. He's got great touch and feel for how to throw the football in different places. Um, And then Anthony Richardson, actually, you know, I had heard all the buzz, um, you know, before I went back and watched the tape about, you know, how inaccurate he was and, you know, some of the issues there and what have you. And and I went back and watched the tape and uh, I was pleasantly surprised uh, based on what I had heard before uh, of how he played the game. Um, you know, that were there some accuracy issues at times? Yes, there was. Um, but he was better than I thought he would be, you know, consistently. Uh, obviously, really good when he can drive the football, drive the football down the field. He's really good. Um, when he's got to take something off it, which is what you see with a lot of big, strong arm quarterbacks, um, you know, over the years, is that they struggle a little bit more with the, the touch throws and being able to take something off the ball and being accurate on the shorter type throws because they're so used to you know putting so much on it or getting away with so much with their arm and and that's what I saw is I thought he was better down the field than he was on the the shorter throws Uh, but of course there's a lot to like and you know the natural comparison I think is him and and Josh Allen both guys that didn't play a lot in college both guys that you know quote unquote had accuracy issues or didn't have the, the highest completion percentage but have all this physical skill and I think the exciting thing is that we saw Josh Allen make a transition that we've seen very few guys make from what he was in college um, you know statistically to to where he's at now in terms of you know his accuracy and ability ability to to make the different kinds of throws still has some issues with that uh, at times but uh, but he's gotten so much better and I think that's what excites people about Anthony Richardson is going okay yeah we see some of these issues now hasn't played a lot of football uh, but has such a huge upside in all the different things that we could do with him um, that I'm as intrigued as you guys is there somebody that's going to you 
you know, kind of wait in the wings there, you know, looking for a quarterback that's going to be able to get him a little lower because, um, you know, because I think a lot of people believe he's a project. So, you know, people that are in those spots may not grab him right there. Or is there somebody that just loves him and, you know, is in a position to, you know, to kind of wait for a couple years, put him on the bench for a couple years, and they're going to go up uh, and snag this guy. And then you guys mentioned Indy. I mean, you know, that's probably where Indy would fall. You know, do they love him enough to give up what they would have to give up to move up and get him, you know, let's say with the Cardinals up there at number three, um, do they love him that much because they've had so many struggles at, at finding that, you know, starting quarterback that can play really well right now in the moment? They've struggled with that for so long that, that I'm not sure this would be that answer either unless they're just saying, hey, we're in rebuild yeah. mode. We've got a few years to, uh, to build around this quarterback. All right, speaking of rebuild mode, last question for you. You more than anybody, I believe, helped pull the Cardinals out of the dark ages and made them a real competitive, viable NFL franchise. Uh, Fans have started to worry about that, what we've seen in the last few years, and there's the NFL PA report that didn't paint a glowing picture of the resources they put into this thing. How would you handicap where the Cardinals are, how they got there, and how they get out of this? Well, I mean, you know, I think it's always, um, you know, a big thing in the NFL is uh, to, A, want to entice players to want to be, in your organization, whatever that means. Does that mean building a roster that that people want to come and and play around? Does that mean, uh, you know, being in a place like Arizona where people want to come? Or does that mean having the facility and the resources and willing to to spend the money, um, you know, to be a championship-type team? And all I can say is that from the time that I got to Arizona to the time that I left, things were dramatically different in terms of, you know, buying into – to building a championship team. And I, I know that it's completely different now. You know, where they stack up and how they stack up, I, d- I didn't read the report and, and all of that stuff. But I know that's a huge deal, is that, you know, players want to know that their organization is buying in to winning and they're going to do whatever they need to do, whether that's inside the facility, whether that's going and getting somebody a piece that they need, whether that's, you know, making sure that they, they hold on to the to really good pieces that they have so so they can win that's, you know, instrumental in building something and sustaining it. Um, you know, when you see organizations that are willing to do that, you understand what that means uh, inside the locker room when, uh, when, when teams see that. Um, you know, where they're at right now, I mean, you can look at their roster, especially offensively, and say, you know, they're not in terrible shape right now, assuming, you know, Kyler can come back healthy and Kyler can continue to make growth if they keep all these pieces in place. Um, you know, I, I think what you're talking about is a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's such a difference maker and he's one of the best players in the National Football League. Um, you know, and to me, if I'm there, I'm like, well, we need to keep this guy. I mean, like, this is one of the best players in the league. We got him in-house. We need to keep this guy. And I know there's a lot of speculation that they're going to trade him. And it's moves like that, um, that to me, and I know there's a bigger picture. I know that organizations have to look, you know, sometimes long-term and look, you know, four and five years out. But what I know is players don't. Players look at the right now, and they want to know that they're in a position to compete right now and that they can go out there and win because tomorrow is not guaranteed in this league. And so I think some of those moves, um, 
you know, are going to be interesting. Very young on defense. Uh, obviously, they're going to have to add some pieces, I think, in the draft defensively. Um, but still very young on that side with some good pieces like Buddha to build around. Um, you know, so um, so I don't think it's as bad as maybe some people are saying right now. But, um, you know, a couple moves and with guys having to come off of injuries and how do they come back, uh, this could, you know, it could look very different um, when we're talking about it when we're kicking off, um, you know, game number one next year. Very true. Kurt, great stuff as always. Thanks so much for spending some time with us this morning. We appreciate it. You got it. Take care, guys.